the Lord be with you. And also with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ the Lord. We gather for ordered worship to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, and to devote the will to the purposes of God. The liturgy, music, and homily, the cantata and sermon, and all this day are offered in the praise of God for our gathered community here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it as we are able. May we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. O God, whose Son, Jesus, is the good shepherd of your people, grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, verses 36 through 43. Now in Joppa there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in, in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, who heard that Peter was there, sent two men to, to him with the request, Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the Revelation to St. John, chapter 7, verses 9 through 17. After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God, and worship him day and night within his temple, and the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more, and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading responsively Psalm 23 with the Antiphon. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John, chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. Glory to you. Oh, Lord. At that time in the festival, the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple, in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are, if you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else. And no one can snatch it out of the, the Father's hands. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
Please be seated. So let us keep the festival whereto the Lord invites us. Christ is himself the joy of all the sun that warms and lights us. By his grace he doth impart eternal sunshine to the heart. The night of sin is ended. Alleluia. So wrote Martin Luther in 1524. You will see down the street a block outside the Boston University Academy, a new photograph commending the Academy. A young woman with face upturned, radiantly smiles and casts a long look, eyes beaming into an unseen future. It is a striking, even staggering image, the look of Easter. Behold there the look of promise, hope, freedom, openness, courage, excitement, joy, and peace. Lent is for preparation and discipline in living. Easter is for living. We are not meant to live in Lent. We are meant to live in Easter. For this reason itself and alone, it will have been excellent practice for us to have heard all Easter cantatas all year here at Marsh Chapel, where we are blessed with the finest university chapel music anywhere in the country. Your life is made for and meant for and marked for meaningful freedom, joyful growth, loving service, personal peace. You are a child of God, one for whom Christ died and in whom his resurrection is intended daily to dwell. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Confession is an act uttered through the lips and lived in the spirit. Belief is a matter of the heart, embraced in the dark, carried forward in the light. Think about the novelty of Marsh Chapel and its community and its communal ecclesiology. This is one of several new ways of being church. You are in one sense, the church of the unchurched. Students, radio listeners, occasional attendees, those returning to faith, podcast people, all. God is doing a new thing in and through you. You come on Sunday or you listen on Sunday. Sunday opens the rest of the week for living. And then you live in community and university in the three other ships other than worship discipleship, fellowship, and stewardship. And this wide birth of freedom can be a great challenge, but it is also a magnificent gift for those with ears to hear. As William Coffin so often said, God gives us minimum protection and maximum support. So this Lord's Day, our Holy Scripture, the prototype of every type of struggle in life, breathes us life. Psalm 23 forever proclaims a good shepherd, a shepherd in goodness, forever available, always possible, eternally present. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. But such shepherding incarnate requires of us human time, effort, voices, notes, donations, care. Acts 
9. We are still reading Luke, but have jumped ahead to the second season for a time, his full history, the Acts of the Apostles. Act 9, Acts 9 accounts a dramatic healing, a raising like that of Lazarus, but this time at the hands of Peter, not of Jesus. Our teacher reminded us that the one-to-one -one things, the one-to-one -one things are the most important. The personal things count most. So, Tabitha, rise! Please do not become lost in the mystery or magic of these multiple acts in acts. Here, the scripture attests strongly and simply to real healing, the potential for real help in real time. Revelation 7 begins with tribulation and suffering. There will be a time, a place, a setting when the shepherd will guide the thirsty to springs of living water, when the shepherd will meet the sorrowful and wipe away every tear from their eyes, when the shepherd will find the hungry and feed them, when the shepherd will embrace the thirsty and slake their thirst, when the shepherd will wash with mercy and peace the robes of tribulation and suffering. Not yet. Now, this is an aspiration, not actuality, just now. We're hoping for what we do not yet see. We're seeing in a glass dimly. We're holding treasures in earthen vessels. And John 10, 22 to 30 makes audible the voice of the shepherd, and so the sheep may know that voice, that they may hear and that they may know and that they may follow. The spiritual gospel of John is so redolent with the divine presence. We are in good hands, and so it behooves us to bear one another's burdens. John Wesley taught us, do all the good you can at all the times you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. But he also said, do you not know that God entrusted you with that money, your money, all above what buys necessities for your families, to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, help the stranger, the widow, and the fatherless, and indeed as far as it will go to relieve the wants of all humankind? How can you, how dare you, defraud the Lord by applying it to any other purpose? Dr. Jarrett. For what shall we listen this Eastertide Sunday as the beauty of Bach's cantata addresses us? Dean Hill, we conclude our Bach experience survey this year with the final installment of our survey of Easter cantatas. Cantatas written by Bach uh, performed uh, in Leipzig uh, on Easter Sunday and on Easter Monday. Our cantata this morning is one of the most famous in all of Bach's output. One of his earliest cantatas, Christlog in Todesbanden, or Christ Lay in Death's Bonds, sets all seven verses of Martin Luther's 1524 hymn in a remarkable display of invention and variation within an overall symmetrical design of proportion and elegance so familiar to us from this composer. The text depicts the epic battle of life over death, redemption versus destruction, the paschal lamb roars as the lion of Judah. Bach scored his cantata for strings only, including two separate viola parts. 
and achieves an astonishing degree of variety and color with such limited instrumental resources. Here are a few things to listen for this morning. Each verse of Luther's hymn ends with a refrain of hallelujah. Note the variety and possibility of emotion explored with each of these refrains from the frenetic energy of the first alla breve, the doleful hallelujahs of the soprano and alto, the chorus's scurrying refrain as the epic battle falls away, or the peeling, rounded hallelujahs of the soprano and tenor in the final festive duet. If you follow a translation or word book, note the opportunities to stay fixed visually, orally, and theologically on the cross. The cross becomes the ultimate emblem of victory over sin. In the central choral movement, listen for the fantastic depiction of that battle. Soprano, tenor, and bass voices scrape and thrash around each as the death, as death gobbles death in scathing mockery. In many ways, Christlog is the best connection of the joy of Easter with the glory of Christ's passion. The focus is not on the disciples mourning the loss of their leader, nor is the focus on our human frailty clinging to the hem of Christ's garment. The victory of the cross and the triumph of love is our theme, Christ as victor. So we celebrate the high festival with joy of heart and delight, which the Lord radiates upon us. He himself is the sun that through the splendor of his grace illuminates our hearts completely. The night of sin has disappeared. Hallelujah. The few Bach Easter works, as Mr. Kostruski reminds us, exude and exemplify an air of humility that remains ever-present, the music and the libretti constantly referring to the passion as the gateway to the resurrection. Yes, the resurrection follows but does not replace the cross. So Martin Luther, crux sola nostra theologia, the cross alone is our theology. Remember, Mr. Wesley was converted to full faith under the hearing of Martin Luther's exposition of Romans 8 on a rainy Sunday evening in London, England, May 23rd, 1738. We still live in two worlds. We live in a glorious, wonderful world. There are at least 100 billion galaxies besides our own. The universe is expanding and the rate of that expansion is increasing. Every second, over 600 billion particles called neutrinos penetrate every square centimeter of your body. And the visible universe is itself a sideshow. The important stuff is invisible. We live in a glorious, wonderful world. But we also live in a suffering, violent world. Examples abound. Dr. Jonathan Haidt denies that reason ordinarily plays any part in motivating moral judgment, seeing it rather as a post hoc means of justifying the intuitions we form quickly and unreflexively. Our, our world sometimes boils down to Hobbes' single hope during a life that is solitary, nasty, poor, brutish, and short to avoid undue conflict. We live in a suffering, violent world. Easter, in gospel 
spoken and sung this morning, Easter in resurrection and cross, cross and resurrection, resurrection and cross, promises us that we can do what we need to do. We can live in both worlds, transforming the latter and translating the former, transforming suffering and violence by translating glory and wonder into insights for daily, healthy, happy living. Friends, in a season when our country seems to be going through some form of political and cultural psychosis, we may be able to help others by modeling together just such a balance, living in both worlds with this resurrection song, bell and tail, as Frederick Buechner said, the worst thing is not the last thing. The marathon survivors in worship this last Friday at Old South Church so attested by their presence and so heard in the sermon by former Governor Duval Patrick, balance. Or as Pope Francis argued last month, the conscience of the believer is inviolable. So we want to form consciences, not replace them. A balance, as Luther wrote, deep in this cantata. Faith holds the door against death. It was a strange and dreadful strife when life and death contended. The victory remained with life. The reign of death was ended. Stripped of power, no more it reigns. An empty form alone remains. Death's sting is lost forever. Alleluia.
Dear friends, we remember that Bach gave us God's word, Mozart gave us God's laughter, and Beethoven gave us God's fire, and God gave us music that we might pray without words. We give thanks to Dr. Scott Ellen Jarrett, the Marsh Chapel Choir and Collegium this morning for leading us in prayer. greet you once again here in the nave of Marsh Chapel and invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew, passing that book along to your neighbor so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. Children in the congregation may follow Devin Harvin uh, out during the uh, final hymn of the service for our children's ministry afterwards. Tomorrow, Patriots Day and the running of the 120th Boston Marathon, the chapel offices will be closed, but Dean Hill will be hosting his annual Marathon Monday brunch at the deanery beginning at 10.30 in the morning and then going out into Kenmore Square to watch the end of the race. We hope you can join us for that. Tuesday at 7 o'clock in the evening, Ms. Jessica Chica, our, chapel our university chaplain for international students, will be hosting Planting in the Spirit in the Marsh Room. There are very, very few spots left, so if you'd like to participate, see her immediately following the service. Wednesday is a BU Monday here at BU, so students should go to their Monday schedule of classes, but we will still have our regularly scheduled ecumenical evening prayer service here in the nave at 5.15 p.m. And then on Friday at 7.30 here in the nave, we hope you will come and join us in celebrating the end of the semester with our own Inner Strength Gospel Choir in their final concert. As the ushers wait upon us this morning, we invite you to meditate upon my shepherd will supply my need by Dale Wood. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
God of life and love, you know our minds and hearts. Open them to your goodness and mercy. Guide this community in using these gifts given in Easter joyfulness to prepare a table for the least, the last, and the lost among us. We pray these things in the name of the Good Shepherd, Christ Jesus, and the power of our constant companion and comforter, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before we receive the benediction, a moment of whimsy and poetry uh, from the work of Robert Allen, Henry Wadsworth, Longfellow Hill. <laughs> Listen, children, and you will hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere on the 18th of April in 75. There is hardly a man who is still alive who remembers that famous day and year or Listen, children, and you will hear 
of a marathon brunch tomorrow and near. On the 18th of April at 10.35, there is hardly a man who is now alive who would want to miss our breakfast this year. Please come. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forever.